Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing to help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. HDM 2.5. 2 and 5 the scholar. The summary is Will and Lyra plan to steal the alethiometer from Boreal, but are set back by an unforeseen guest. McPhail takes decisive action and Mary takes a leap of faith. Where do we want to start? Can we let's not talk about McPhail. And no, no need to talk about McPhail. Great disappointment of don't show me Andrew Scott and then take away Andrew Scott. No Andrew Scott. You're right. Greatly frustrated. Greatly frustrated. Moriarty was uh, just not in that one. I like this episode. I did. They're finally hitting their stride. It's, this was sort of a... Um, this is a middling Game of Thrones season in kind of the pacing of it. Uh-huh. It, took, it took them four episodes to do the thing that we knew that they were going to do. And then we were anticipating them doing it. And they're like, we're just going to draw it out. They really have gone for the the Game of Thrones storytelling <laughs> pacing. A middling Game of Thrones season. Because yeah. the, the best it's, Game it's of Thrones season, something happens in episode two. It's pretty stunning that there are only two episodes left. We've got Malice and... I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. It's the name of the knife. <laughs> oh, is that the name of the knife? I was thinking yeah, that's, that's the name of um, Andrew Scott's... Demon. I think that's the name of the No, name. I think I think you're right. Hobbiting us. I think the thing that I actually find like we're this close to the end of the season, and the thing that worries me is like you guys have next season in the bag, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> how yeah, how is this gonna go, guys? Like this better like this better be basically done, right? <laughs> I would and are they gonna so. get it done in one more season? Do we really think they're gonna get it done in one more season? The pacing is so bizarre. And, I, and I, I don't the Amber Spyglass so. is big book. Big book. It is thick. <laughs> like I, I think it's gonna be four seasons. Yep. I think these next two ones are gonna be good. I'm very optimistic and then I'm very concerned about like how I'm gonna feel right when it's done. And the pain of waiting for hopefully just a year, <laughs> yeah, for more episodes, yeah, and the fear that like they're gonna Game of Thrones us and it's gonna be more than a year. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it's gonna be more than a year. Um, viewership. Let's talk quickly about viewership. Ooh, great! I have no idea. Episode one point one. This is according to Wikipedia. Episode one point one. UK viewership nine point seven million. Mm-hmm. U.S. viewership 0.424. 400,000 people watch this apparently. Then it goes down to 7.7 7 and 300,000, 369,000. Episode, let's go down to episode 9, aka 2.1. UK, 5.6 million. U.S., 0. 0.27. 227. Wait, which one is that? Which episode is that? 
the first episode of this season. Oh, that's not good. Okay. Right now we're at UK 4.8 million US 200,000, 216,000. So basically straight up 50% of the initial initial watch. Exactly. That's not good. Returns. That's not good. Yeah, it's not good. All right, Michael, we did not do well. Apparently when there are uh, two game days within six days, uh, we, we don't know how to predict it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's time for us to set some set some new rules about like <laughs> what to do if there's so many games. We I we probably should have done four across the two game days. I but whatever. Think well, but but I'm not sure that that's, that's even that that's even the right simple. thing. I think it's I think it's just that it's really hard to predict what the teams are going to do. Like this is like anytime you have this many games sandwiched into a small period of time, the variance is going to be higher. Yeah. And we're not we're not forecasting enough games to weather the variance. Like we're we're trying to pick a subset of best games, which means that we're just trying to go for the highest percentage plays, not the variance plays. Right. We're tr- and we're trying to take some of that into account when we're considering them, but we're I I think that right here there is a little bit more game theory that the managers are playing right now because they have tired players and well, we're trying yeah. to guess on how they are going to play their, their games, their players. And, and it's adding to the uncertainty. Even if you just take red cards as a measure oh, of my word. tiredness yeah. and volatility, so many red cards over these games. Wanker. <laughs> just like i mean that, yeah. i i do think i i do think that's a that's a extremely coarse metric and you know it's it's very small number statistics but if you're getting if you're getting, like it's rare it's kind of rare to get a red card during a match day and <laughs> there were a ton there were a bunch like there a good three. handful over the weekend there are three and two over the previous game over the pre- previous series i think what's funny is that we tried to zig and we said okay top flight teams there might be some draws top flight versus top flight teams what actually happened was the lower mid table teams said might as well just get a point here (laughs) (laughs) and draw these well i mean you know obviously good for sheffield doubling their points (laughs) doubled it love it (laughs) fulham also just getting one of those points for scott parker Fulham actually has like a number of like a reasonable number of points right now. They're though. starting to get they're starting to look a little bit legitimate. They might not get relegated. Fulham's Same I think Fulham's words. relegation percentage, if you okay, hold on a second. Five thirty eights, Fulham relegation percentage right now, forty five percent. Under fifty percent. You guys did it. I love it. Let's let's try to predict four games. What do you what do you see in that you like? Well what what about this? We just we just spent time talking about how how Everton's doing okay. Sheffield is um, Sheffield is not good. <laughs> they just doubled their point total. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, do, I, we can do Everton. I like I like Everton here. Okay. I like the Hammers game. I also like Arsenal Chelsea. Did we get that one right last time? We did. You that. mean you mean picking picking against Arsenal? Yeah. 
Southampton against Fulham is fun, actually. I mean, I'm I'm okay with passing on Liverpool and Man City and going, you know, making our life a little bit more interesting with the the Hammers and and Southampton. Okay. All right, so we're gonna say Hammers, Everton, Chelsea, and Southampton. That is correct. So I think looking you know, looking towards the future, the plan is. I obviously want to make projections again um, for the, the upcoming season. Um, I like doing that. I think we did pretty well. Had some ideas for tweaks. We had a brief discussion earlier where I was, I'm was lay, i laying out my pie-in-the-sky hopes that something with the, the pitch fingerprinting will play into the forecasts, and you're pretty sure they won't. I just don't know. I think that this is a method that we want to use on a smaller scale i want to use it on a i I really want to use this method for seeing whether or not like a player's pitching is legitimate you know if we see him they they have two games in a row that look good we want to take a look at the underlying numbers and then Mm -hmm. say you know what these match up with good pitchers or hey, you know, it actually kind of. I would assume that this this isn't going to continue, you know, that kind of thing. I don't really see how it how it plays into the projections. So you're saying this this is an in season tool, not a preseason tool. Okay. Um, I respect that, and also, I mean, that ma- that meshes with one of my you know long term goals of like having a way to update the forecasts once the season is going. <laughs> And this this kind of plays into okay. There's there's information that we can use there. I mean, I think that's one thing that I would like to do this year with them. Like a natural upgrade is is to produce something that looks more like a prior distribution mm-hmm. for the or more produce produce a distribution for the outcomes for players, which we've kind of done. But I think make it right. a little bit more formal and then evaluate as the season goes on. Like, is this reinforcing our use those as priors to say Bayesian sense is this reinforcing what we knew or are we getting totally different information than we forecasted right so we can have something we don't have to wait until the end of the season to be like wow i guess we were wrong on this player and now we can say yeah within the first quarter of the season we can be like you know what it looks like we were totally wrong in this one one player and i don't think that we don't think that it this player is not showing the skill set that they would need to be able to get back to the point that would hit their projections. Right. And so we want, we want to be able to say that. And okay. So in that sense, I do think that the pitch fingerprinting tool can be useful in that evaluation. All right. I'm on board with this. So this is all to say that in terms of time prioritization, I would like to produce the catalogs next like soon, I would like to. I would like to pivot our attention a little bit in January. I mean, if the NBA starts without a hitch, the MLB has got to be pushing to start their season at the regular, at the same, the right time. I think that they want to do a 162 game season and assume that yeah. they're going to have players that they're going to have half to two thirds full stadiums by the All Star break. I I totally buy that. I'm just saying that yeah, I think I think if the NBA starts, NBA shows that they can do this successfully, the MLB is going to be like get us in on that money. 
yeah, yeah, no, they they would they're much they're going to be much more aligned with the NBA way of doing things than the NFL way of doing things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so I guess my my only point to that is that that means that we're probably only six weeks out from six to eight weeks out from when they would like to see pitchers and catchers actually report. <laughs> season five, season five is coming. Season five is coming, which means which means that like okay. We should actually try to produce, um, try to produce these things so that we can even use any preseason information to check on our check on our forecast. Yeah, <laughs> preseason. Okay. I know this. This that's maybe a season six goal. I'm just saying, <laughs> like that to me, a, a nice workflow would be one that included that as well. All right, all right. Plans for the future: keep the fingerprinting warm, but make some projections next. I think that about brings us to the review session anthony bass did you remember that anthony bass was part of the blue jays this year i did not same were you like me as stunned (laughs) to learn that anthony bass got more saves this season than any other season that he's been in the mlb (laughs) uh no because i wouldn't have i wouldn't have recalled that he had gotten saves in another season Anthony Bass got five saves for Seattle in 2019. Oh. All right. One of the... Yeah, Anthony Bass, he's, he's been on his... Let's see. So since 2013, he has been on six teams. <laughs> yeah, it's funny watching uh, the StatCast random videos. It's like, whoop, new, change new outfits. Jersey. <laughs> new Jersey. So 2020, though. Uh, he faces 100 batters, which is actually pretty legitimate, appears in 26 games, seven saves over that, 25.2 innings, 3.51 ERA, 1.01 whip, only 21 strikeouts in those 25 innings, and nine walks. I love that saves number. Like the whip, less of a fan of the ERA, really dislike the strikeout rate. The strikeout and walk rates are not great. And there's no reason to think that his strikeout rate is particularly anomalous. Like 2019, he got he got 43 strikeouts in 48 innings. 2015, he got 45 in 64 innings. Wow. So I think we can be pretty sure that he's not a strikeout pitcher, which doesn't really make sense because he he throws pretty hard. His strikeout or his um his fastball is up at 95 miles an hour. His uh, sinker. His sinker, yeah. <laughs> He's got an 86 mile an hour slider and an 86 mile an hour changeup. I mean, those are things. Those are things that I like for uh, for a closer. But when you're watching him, do those balls look hittable? Yes. Wow, his sinker, which he uses 54 percent of the time, his whiff percentage is 8.7. You, you don't yeah you don't whiff wow you just don't hit it as you know, as his as his goal one thing that's well he does he just doesn't induce a lot of hard he doesn't induce a lot of hard hits but here's the thing that's remarkable he is a extremely low fastball spin like really is, really yeah. low yeah for for something uh, comparatively for somebody that's being used <laughs> in you know serious leverage games they, wow, they cl- they claimed him off of waivers. Oh, and he elected for free agency this year. So 
I guess we're going to see him in a new jersey next year. <laughs> oh, I am remembering. I tried to remember this an, a, a little while ago. You know how there there's some starting pitchers who you're like, it would be great if we could just see him as a closer because he has two pitches. He's got a really fast fastball. He's got a really good whatever secondary pitch. But then there is some relievers where you're just like, geez, if that we could stretch that guy out, he would look pretty decent as a starter in the um so Zach Britton was the example of the first one. Sure. And Ryan Dempster is the example of the mm. second one. Anthony Bass, I like if they were able to stretch him out for like a season, I bet that he could get like He'd be that pitcher that got like 195 innings and, you know, maybe it would only be like 170 Ks. But I wouldn't be surprised if his ERA and whip were exactly what they are here. So what about you know? like a like a like a Mark Burley? <laughs> or a Mark, yeah, Mark Burley. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ryan Dempster is the one that I'm thinking Ryan of, Dempster. though. He's yeah. not. Um, I think he was a little bit more of a strikeout kind of guy. Like he has. When you're watching him, he looks like he's third time through the order. of a, a, He's a starter who's going through the third time in the order. <laughs> and a lot of the highlights that you see for him are like um, Anthony Bass is used for like two, three innings at a time, a long reliever. Yeah. I, I mean, the part that was just so impressive to me is just that he, I mean, I guess we have to say that he kind of lucked into seven saves this year. But like seven saves, you needed that in 2020 for your fantasy team. <laughs> you could that could, would have been great to have. Yeah, no, exactly. If you picked him up on the waiver wire, I mean, you grab seven saves. Nothing that hurt you on the ERA helped you a little bit on the whip. Not getting much help on the case. A couple wins in there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't don't get excited about it. I, you know, I don't know what to what to say, what to expect from him. I mean, his transaction log is is pretty nuts. I mean, he, he really hasn't been out there for a full season. I mean, it, even in the 2019 season, where he's only with Seattle, it's because he was released by the Reds in May, <laughs> late May, and then, this, and then the Mariners picked him up. Yeah, just all over the place. Do we I mean, have he's, any? He's a news consummate journeyman. But what was that? Do we have any news for him this year? I mean, because he could be in twenty different teams, right? Yeah. So I mean, you know, this is this is our new favorite game of like, is there a team that Anthony Bass would be good on? <laughs> is there a team that would be helpful? I mean, this is this is a guy that ends up on the Twins, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like this this Anthony Bass has Twins reliever written all over him. <laughs> yeah, he is exactly the kind of guy that the twins would have of just like <laughs> you can have you can have one of two different kind of pitchers one is a fireball pitcher who can't find the strike zone or two is a guy that should cannot strike anybody out but can at least find the plate a lot of contact hey, not many whiffs that's fine let's go for it i'm just saying You'll let's do it. it i'm fine with that so, I think he's going to stay in Toronto. Well, I mean, he just opted to be a free not agent. Literally. How's he going to stay there? Not literally. 
because they're going to play in like what Kansas City, Buffalo, somewhere. <laughs> you you think he's going to re-sign with Toronto? I I kind of do. Um but if history has taught us anything, um he's going to be on some random team. <laughs> <laughs> no, if history has taught us anything, he's going to start in the Blue Jays minor league system, <laughs> get dropped, <laughs> and then end up somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Anthony Bass, super confusing. You know, honestly did not know anything about Anthony Bass before this week. This is like just, this is just the traditional just trolling through the stats. Like, how did this guy have seven saves? I don't know. I just, I just do not know. Um, yeah, I, I really hope that I don't have him. If he is getting saves on a team, I think he'd be worth a pickup. But I don't think that there's any reason that you draft him. No. it's. I mean, <laughs> this whole discussion has been predicated on the, like, this is so surprising that Anthony Bass is doing anything that obviously you have to wait to have some more information. I mean, my prior distribution has got to be, like, that he's going to get fewer than three saves this year. <laughs> It's it's a really long tail, but a really long, very low probability tail. All right, buddy. Who are we going to do this week? All right, Michael. Let's talk about Josh Hader. Good call. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind Z. All I've got left is, we're still luck to you, buddy. We're still luck to you, too. Yeah!